Hi, I'm Gordon. And I'm Fiona. We're from Gate Church International in Dundee, Scotland, and we'd like to welcome you to this week's podcast. Our goal here is growing people to bring Christ into our communities and to see you get connected with God, His people, and His purpose. We hope this message inspires you in your faith journey. Thank you. Please take a seat. It's great to see you all here this morning at Gate Church International. Just uh, a couple of things to let you know. We're here at St. Mark's this week, but next Sunday we're back at Gardine Theatre. So we're going to be there next Sunday. Also tonight at 6 o'clock, we do have our evening service this evening. So it'll be great to see all of you who come to that. And we've got a new crowd. We're planting and developing a church here on a Sunday night that's quite exciting. And we want to see churches established. Come on. I can feel the excitement in the room. So uh, also a week on Tuesday night, not this Tuesday, but a week on Tuesday, we're doing a, a, a four-week course called Welcome Gate. It's for people that are new to the church. So you can come. If you're new to the church in the last six months, just come along and you'll find a little bit more about the church, about myself and about others and leadership and what we believe as a church and our vision and all that kind of stuff. So it'd be great to see you there if you intend to come along to that. That'll be it. 7.30, but what I'd advise you to do, come along from 7 o'clock onwards if you want a chattachino. That's a cappuccino and a chat combined together called a chattachino. If you'd like to come along for that, that would be really, really good. I love the offering this morning where the, the woman of God doing the offering threw the seeds into the crowd and one of them landed in my eye. So if I wake up tomorrow morning with a rocket salad growing out of my head, you know what it was. So it's good to sow seed and it's good to sow into children. And it was phenomenal last year. We had someone who was a compassion child in the church on the Sunday that shared the testimony of how the impact of somebody sponsoring them from this country in Rwanda and how it changed their lives. And they were now doing, I think it was they just finished off a master's or a, they were a brainiac. They were finished off their master's or a PhD in this land, but they said it gave them hope. It gave them courage. It gave them food in their belly. It gave them an education and it gave them a start in life. So what we do is we sow into the church as we sow into children abroad God does something beyond our comprehension. Come on. So it's important that we sow, and as we faithfully sow, God is doing something supernaturally behind the scenes. This morning, I'm going to be sharing a little bit from Joshua, from David, and from the book of Acts, you know, just, just in the next 15, 20 minutes, just all these deep things of God. So we'll get through, we'll pack in a lot this morning. But in the last few weeks, we've been doing a series called Movement. And a couple of weeks ago, I did, you've got to move it, move it. Last week was moving into maturity. The one before, I think, was moving forward. And today, I want to talk about moving into momentum. Are you ready? So we want to preach on momentum this morning. And when you think of momentum, let me give you some examples. I'll give you an example of two of the best football teams in, in the world at the moment, are seeing tremendous movement. One of them is a team called Liverpool FC. Any Liverpool fans in the hood? Come on. Some Liverpool fans. There's a rowdy one on the front row there. He's got his Kenny Dalglish shirt underneath his hoodie. No, I'm only kidding. So Liverpool are doing tremendous. They've got tremendous momentum. They're winning every game. And because of this momentum, they just keep on winning and winning and winning and winning. And they'll probably win the league 
by the end of the season. But that's the power of momentum. Something takes off where you just have this self-belief, this confidence that you can do it, and you keep going, and you'll, you'll end up winning things and overcoming and being victorious. The second great team that's got tremendous momentum just now is actually a local team called Dundee United. Any Dundee United fans in the hood, in the house? Oh, none. You're all Dundee fans. Okay, sorry about that. So uh, anyway, they're seeing tremendous momentum where they're winning a lot of games, the top of the league. But yesterday, they crashed. They lost against Arbroath in the Scottish Championship. What a complete disaster it was for them. But what it was, was they were actually baking, uh, they were actually making Arbroath Smokies along the coast, and the wind was blowing along, and it actually smoked out the Dundee team, hence they lost. So the power of momentum. There's also, we've seen momentum in Australia recently where there's been whirlwinds, where the wind has been so strong, the fires have been so big that there's been like hundreds of feet tall or hundreds, 100 plus meters tall of, of whirlwind of fire and it just takes off because of the momentum and, and it sets everything alight because of the momentum of the wind and the fire. It's the same with, with a hurricane. It starts off with a little wind, and then it begins to have a little bit more, and a few more storms join in, and eventually this thing has so much force, it just, it, it just destroys everything in its sight. So the, there's momentum in winds, there's momentum in hurricanes, there's momentum in football teams, but there's also momentum in the kingdom of God. And God gives us momentum, and it's important that we catch momentum, and we understand momentum, and we get ready to walk in the momentum that God has given us. Because so often, God can start something, and He wants us to run with it, and, and we drop the baton, or we stop doing what He's asked us to do. And it's important that we run and do what He's asking us to do. I'll give you some examples of why momentum starts, the supernatural beginnings, the obedience beginnings, and why it stops. And I'm going to give you an example from Joshua chapter 3. And it says that, that before Joshua was about to possess the promised land, the children of Israel 40 years earlier had, had crossed another set of waters. The water had parted. They'd gone into to Egypt and they'd remained there. And God had supernaturally provided for them. But, but, God, but God kept them there for 40 years and the reason he kept them there was because of the lack of beef, belief, lack of beef. They only had manna. That wasn't enough beef. Lack of belief. They didn't have enough belief. They didn't have enough faith. They were refusing to obey the Lord. And, and, and uh, it was like, guys, what's going on with you? Anyway, after God's supernatural provision of bringing them out, out of Egypt into that place where they crossed over, there was something supernatural that took place with God's provision. But they were stubborn and rebellious crazy God's people, what they're like. Anyway, they were stubborn, and they refused to uh, uh, believe God. But Joshua and Caleb were ones amongst the 12 spies where two of them said, yes, God, we can see what you're going to give us in the promised land. The 10 said, there's giants. The two said, we are well able. They spoke the language of God, the language of faith, and they said, God, this is what you want us to do. We will walk in what you want us to walk in, and we'll be obedient. We'll not just do what our forefathers did, but we'll do what you want us to do in this time and place in this generation. Anyway, they had to wait 40 years. They got just about to enter into the promised land, and um, Joshua 
gets a word from God that they have to pick up the Ark of the Covenant. And they pick up the Ark of the Covenant and the priests, the Levites, take a step. And Joshua says, what excellent delegation leadership. He says, when you boys step into the fast flowing water, guess what's going to happen? When you step in, the water's going to stop. So, and, and, and exactly as Joshua said, the water stopped. So Joshua spoke the word out of obedience. The priest stepped in in obedience, and the water stopped, and they crossed over, and they took 12 stones of memorial. I don't know how big the bricks were, but uh, I'm sure a few guys carried them together. But they took stones out the river, and they, they, they built this memorial to what God had delivered and delivered them out, out of and delivered them into. So something took place, supernatural, where this parting of the water built momentum for them. You see, when God shows up, it builds momentum. Whereas the, where there's the supernatural, there's momentum. See, when, when God's in the mix, if we do it in our own strength, you know, oh, cool. But when God shows up, something supernatural happens. Something takes place where our reliance on ourselves diminishes and our reliance on our Heavenly Father takes precedence. And in that reliance, something supernatural takes place. Something took place with Joshua because as they began to march around Jericho for seven days, then they blew the trumpets on the seventh days. The walls didn't fall down. They, they, they went down in, in, into the ground and, and they took that city. Something supernatural took place. You see, with the supernatural, there's a journey with God where God does something and it builds momentum for the next step of what our reliance and our trust in the Lord. When they walked around Jericho for seven days, they probably felt crazy. They probably felt like, man, I feel really stupid. But they, they, they chose to obey the Lord and said, God, we'll do what you want us to do. And as they did that, something supernatural took place. But you see, from Joshua chapter 3, when God speaks to Joshua and tells them to be bold, they consecrate, consecrate themselves. They cross the Jordan. Something supernatural takes place. And they went on to possess the land little by little. They took tribes. They took cities. They did things. They did great exploits according to what God had said would take place. And something happened in Joshua 10 because he understood, he understood spiritual momentum and victory. And something happened where they were defeated by their enemies. And Joshua was completely and utterly freaked out. And he went through the camp, and the Lord showed him to go through the camp. And there was a man called Achan, and he was hiding, he was hiding uh, stuff in his bag, his possessions, gold, in his bag, and he's stolen. And the specific instruction was, don't take any of the stuff. But because he disobeyed, Sin was in the camp, and it stopped momentum. Ladies and gentlemen, I'll tell you this here today from the Scriptures, in the Old Testament Scriptures, something happened, sin happened, and it stopped the momentum. Sin can stop. You can have a breakthrough, but because of sin, you can stop that resilience. You can stop that continual breakthrough in your life. So repent and just say, God, I want a continual breakthrough, and allow for the supernatural to work through you. Joshua had to clean up the camp and rebuild momentum. The good news is, is that momentum can be rebuilt. It can be restarted 
and it can be reignited. So where a man of God or a woman of God falls down and something goes wrong, something malfunctions or you become dysfunctional, something can happen in God where you repent and just say, oh God, I'm sorry, and you can rebuild and refocus. God will show up and God will give you new momentum. That's the glory and the grace of God. So that's me looking at the life of Joshua. Are you ready for some David? That's good. So we're going to look at some of David here this morning. And there's something, I mentioned it a couple of weeks ago, but I'm going to mention it again because there's something powerful about the life of David or Dod. Does anybody here speak Hebrew? His name is actually Dod in Hebrew. So when you think of King David, his name is King Dod, translated forward into multiple languages. And we've got Daud and David and all these wonderful names. So King David, King Dod, uh, it sounds like Ken Dod. Next time you think of Ken Dodd, you'll be thinking of Ken David, won't you? No. Okay. So the life of David. So I'm going to go through three steps of the power of momentum in David's life. So it says that David, when he came against Goliath, it says that he, he came against him and he recognized, we, we were talking recently about how David didn't put on the armor of his brethren, of his brothers, tried to put on the... Um, would you call that stuff? The armor. Tried to put the armor on him. It didn't fit. But David had come against the lion and the bear. So, so, so he'd overcome against the sheep. Lions had come and attacked his, his, his sheep. And he, he took his sling and he knew how to handle them. And he knew how to handle them with his bare hands. It's like, wow, that's supernatural. So he knew how to bring down the lion. And it also says he knew how to bring down the bear when they took out his sheep. But you see, David could have stopped at the lion and the bear, and he could have said, my season, my calling, is I'm called to look after these little sheepettes here. That's my calling. That's my destiny. That's my future. But David recognized that the calling went one step further. See, he stepped into his momentum. He stepped into that place where God was going to show up supernaturally. David knew what it was for God to show up amongst the sheep, but David didn't know what it was like for God to show up on the battlefield. To look after sheep is one thing. To, to, to go into war against this beast of a man who was the manifestation of Satan on earth thousands of years ago was another thing. But David recognized that the calling, the king calling on him was, was stronger than anything else. That you had to obey, but you had to go from the killing the lion and the bear, but you had to go into killing the giant as well. You had to be a giant slayer. And that took place in his life because he recognized the power of momentum. You see, God gave him that strength to deal with the lion. God gave him that strength to deal with the bear. But then he had to take the next step and deal with the Goliath or the giant. So David understood the power of momentum. David knew what it was to step up, and he knew what it was to step out. He did not rest after the lion nor the bear. It says in 2 Samuel 3.1, that David's house got stronger and stronger. David had sp spiritual momentum, and it transferred to his family, and it transferred to his nation, and it transferred to his tribes. Saul, who'd been in sin, his diminished, but David's got stronger. And we know that David at Mount Hebron, David went from a place of being in charge of two tribes, where 10 tribes transferred over, and they came under David's uh, leadership. 
But for that to take place from the age of 17 to 33, there was a transition that took place in the life of David. So it was a long, slow burner. But then eventually that transition took place and David fulfilled his leadership call. So sometimes momentum is powerful. It's awesome. But sometimes it takes time. Sometimes we see the power of momentum in a day, but sometimes we see it over decades. Sometimes we see it over a long season. I'm going to give you another example from the life of David, where David, 2 Samuel 8 through to chapter 11, victory after victory after victory after victory after raid after raid after battle after battle. David saw victory after victory after victory after victory after victory after victory. Boom, he hits a wall. Why does he hit the wall? Because he had a wee Bathsheba. David committed adultery. And that's when the victory stopped. And David got into sin. And when David was in sin, the breakthrough brother stopped being the breakthrough brother. And he became the breakdown brother. And things began to misfunction, malfunction, dysfunction all around him. But David repented. You can read it in Psalm 51. Creating me a clean heart, O God, renew a right spirit within me. David knew what it was to repent of his sin. He said, against you and you alone, O God, have I sinned. He didn't say, I've sinned against this person, that person. He to correct this. He just said, O God, I've sinned against you and you alone. David understood the power and the magnification of sin within his network, but he understood the power and the influence of sin within his soul, and he repented of it before God and God alone. So after, after he repented, he began to see breakthrough after breakthrough after breakthrough again. So David knew what it was to break through. He also knew what it was to break down, but he knew what it was to get up again and to break through one more time. And it says, it says here in 2, I'll read you back, going back a bit into victory after victory. During that time, 2 Samuel 5, the Lord replied to David, said, yes, go ahead, because David inquired of the Lord, should I go in and, and do this battle? And he said, yes, go ahead. I will certainly hand him over to you. So David went to Baal-perazim and defeated the Philistines there. The Lord did it, David exclaimed. He burst through my enemies like a raging flood with momentum. So he named that place Belperazim, which means the Lord who bursts or the Lord of the breakthrough. And it's important to every one of us corporately together that we understand that at times in our lives there'll be momentum, but there'll also be breakthrough as well. I think every one of us, I don't care who you are, Every single one of us have had a measure of breakdown where we've stopped working, we've malfunctioned, we've dysfunctioned. Someone's got, we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So we've all made mistakes, we've all done things wrong. But the good news is the righteous man picketh himself up many times and gets up again and gets on with the job. Ladies and gentlemen, if you've fallen down, if you've broken down, if you've fallen down, God wants, to, God wants you to pick yourself up and boldly come to the throne of grace and say, God, I've messed up, but through you I can pick myself up and I can see another breakthrough in Jesus' name. Come on. So we need the place of the burst, the place of the momentum. In Acts chapter 2, one of the most beautiful things in, in the Scripture, I love reading the early part of Acts where the, the Holy Spirit is, is birthed onto the scene, or the church's birth, rather, through the power of the Holy Spirit. And it says that when the day of Pentecost was fully come, and, 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 I, and I love that, it says it was 
was fully come. You see, in the old covenant, we've seen measures of the Holy Spirit. We've seen Samson with a spirit. We've seen David with a spirit. We've seen Moses by the power of the spirit. We've seen Joshua. I could go on and on. But we've seen people who'd known breakthrough by the power of the spirit. But there was a moment that cometh. Excuse the King James language. Going all Shakespeare on you. There's a, there's a moment that came where the Spirit of God broke through and birthed the church of Jesus Christ. And it's so, signif so significant what, what takes place and the momentum that comes after the birthing of the church. It's interesting, they met in an upper room to pray and they waited. So point one is they met, they met to pray. So prayer births momentum. So anybody who's a New Covenant, New Testament, Bible-believing son of God who believes in Jesus Christ, number one is always pray. Just pray and say, God, help me on this day. Number two is they waited. That's one of the hardest things I've, I find to do is the whole wait thing, to wait in the presence of God. My natural DNA is I am wired to be wired to be even more wired. I'm just like, come on, let's get up. Let's do this. So for me to sit and wait... I've got to die a thousand deaths. And some of you just sit in tears. I'm going, God, help me just to sit still in this moment. Some of you just hard just to say, God, help me wait and wait on you and just be patient and wait on your presence and wait on you giving permission, wait on your word coming. So to, to wait. So they met to pray and, and they waited. Is anybody else wired like me? Oh, good. I thought I was, I thought I was on a lonely journey. Fellow comrades, let's have a, a Wired for Wiredness meeting at the end of today, and we'll have a pity party together, and we'll just wait together till no one talks. It'll be good. So they, they waited, but here's the thing. It says that Peter stood up with, 100, with, with the 120 and, and, and addressed them. And that's, that's leadership. That's where, that's where the man or the woman of God stands up in the midst of the waiting. Who has the word? Who has the authority? Who speaks forth the word of God? So Peter did that. But here's something significant. Here's the breakthrough and here's the beginning of church momentum. A sound from heaven as a mighty rushing wind. It talks about the, the, the mighty rushing wind. The movement of the Spirit at the beginning, I talked about a hurricane, how it can catch fires or spread fires or uh, bring fire across Australia. And I believe that's what God wants to do in His church again today. He wants us to catch the momentum, the mighty rushing wind of the Holy Spirit and just see God do amazing things in our land for the glory of God. You know, it's, it's, it's wonderful to go to other nations and to see God move, but it's wonderful to see the hand of God move in this land. It's wonderful to see people getting healed in this church. It's wonderful to hear of people getting prayed for on the streets or people evangelizing to the friends and getting words of knowledge. It's wonderful to hear all these things. But God, we want more. But God, we want breakthrough. But God, we want momentum. But God, we want to see lots of churches established in this nation. But God, we want to see your hand move powerfully. So, you know, those who've spoken to years ago can come to know you. And Peter stood up. Peter led 5,000 people to Jesus Christ in one day. 5,000 were baptized. They were dunked. They were dunked in a day. How do you administrate that? I don't know. But they did it. They managed it. They did it, and all these people came to faith in Jesus Christ. And it says they met daily and listened to the apostles' teaching. And here's the thing. The common people from Jerusalem, the common people, turned the world 
upside down. God breathed, God birthed, the church did it, and they gained momentum as they went out. Momentum is powerful, and momentum takes place through our obedience. I'm going to give you an example. I was, I was speaking to a couple of guys a couple of, uh, two or three weeks ago at the Gardine Theatre, and they'd come to church, and they'd come back from drug rehabilitation. They'd been down there for nine or ten months, and they were back home visiting their families. And I'm like, that's awesome. And I, I just assumed, where's Fiamma? Fiamma, Fiamma, give us a wave. You can tell I've been to too many football matches in the time. So Fiamma gives a, Fiamma's seen hundreds of people sent off to rehab now, which is awesome. But one of the things, I just assumed that Fiamma had sent them off. But here's the thing. I said, how, how did you go to rehab? I said, my, my parents helped me get there. And do your parents come to the gate? No, they don't yet. I said, okay, that's, that, that's good. So how, how, did, how did you get there? I said, we knew, we knew Mikey. I said, who's Mikey? Mikey Storick. Mikey got saved about 10 years ago and went off to rehab. He was, um, he was what you'd call an influencer in the city. Lots of people knew him. Uh, in drug gangs and all that kind of stuff. And Michael came to know Jesus. And Michael's testimony has gone out across the city and out across this land. And many people know him from that scene. And they'd heard about how he's helped hundreds of people come off drugs, that he's running rehabs, he's doing all this stuff. He's got a, um, a certificate to do fixed boilers and all this kind of stuff. You see, that's the power of momentum. Mikey doesn't even know that his mo, his momentum, has touched other people's life. And that's the power of your testimony. We, we, we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Your testimony is powerful. That boy's testimony 10 years ago echoed, 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 echoed. Then, a decade later, these other lads are like, oh, I've heard of Mikey. They heard of Mikey, they're now following Jesus. And these used to be the gang leaders and drug leaders in Dundee. They're now following Jesus Christ. Isn't that wonderful? And I, I want to encourage you, church, pray. Pray for the influence that we have in that community. I was speaking to one lady this morning who's back uh, from rehab, and her life has totally changed. And I was saying to her, I just started speaking prophetically about how wouldn't it be great if what Fiamma's doing multiplied out, and, and we had Dehab, where we could get people off drugs during the day. We could do weekly meetings where we're praying with hundreds, if not thousands of people to come off that horrible. Wouldn't it be awesome? Come on, we need revival. We need breakthrough. We need momentum. Church, your momentum, your breakthrough is coming. Jesus is Lord of the breakthrough. He's Balperism, the God who brings the burst, who bursts the dam, who brings your breakthrough. Don't give up. Don't give up because one man's testimony knocks someone out for Jesus Christ 10 years later. Your testimony can do the same. What you're doing for Jesus today can impact somebody in 10 years. The book that you write might impact someone in 40 years. Your testimony that's recorded on YouTube and goes out on Facebook or whatever it's called might be shared in 10 years' time about how Christ saved your life. But recognize the power of breakthrough and the power of momentum don't undervalue the power of your testimony. God wants you to be His Word in this land. Church, breakthrough is coming. You've got this momentum that only comes in Him. And as momentum comes, remember, you've slain your lion, you've slain your bear, but it might be time for your Goliath. It might be time to bring a breakthrough 
in this land that you didn't perceive or conceive with your own mind until this day. Because the seed of the word is so powerful. You see, the seed of God's word is incredible. The seed of God's word can burst open rocks. A seed can, you know, plant lettuce and make rocket salad grow in your eye. But here's the thing is the seed is powerful. The seed of God's word is incredible. So one word from God can change your life. And one word from God can change other people's lives as well. Get ready for your breakthrough. There's people, there's people alive on, on planet Earth today who are doing great works for God, where they've gone out to another land, and they've been the seed that has been sown into that nation. And they've died a thousand deaths, maybe in the first two, three, four, five years, thinking, God, what in heaven am I doing here? And, and when they're broken and they're crushed and they say, God, give me the word. And they get the word and they've seen thousands of people come to know Jesus Christ. There's some of you sitting here this morning where you know that your life is a seed. You are the seed that is to be sown into some place. You are that person that God has called to be in that place. It might be in a nation. It might be to plant a church from this place. It might be to grow some people. It might be to start a prison ministry. It might be to start businesses. And whatever it may be, it might be to bring, you know, if we could reform the prison system in this nation and, and, and not just have rehabs, but have, have prisons where people come and they're given hope in their hearts and, and, and the gospel of Jesus Christ goes in, but the people are reformed at the same time. Is that possible? It looks impossible to me, but with God, all things are possible. Is it possible that we can see you know, can somebody open up a Sunday school and a thousand kids come to that Sunday school? Well, I want to tell you, I've got a friend in Liverpool who did that 15 years ago, and they opened up a Sunday school on a Saturday, and a thousand kids come to it who've been impacted by the gospel. Nothing is impossible to those who believe. What is the seed? What is the dream that God has placed in your heart? You know, in this land, in Scotland, God has placed dreams in people's lives. Over the centuries, and Scotland's had a great impact in other nations. Alex Ferguson, I keep talking about football, forgive me non-football fans, one of the best football managers in the world ever is from Govan in Glasgow, from, from Glasgow, from Scotland. And he's become, but a lot of people go out to other lands and their success flourishes. But ladies and gentlemen, there's people here today where God has called you to this land and this nation. And as you plant and sow in this nation, this is where you will see your breakthrough, your balperism, your, 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 your thrust, your breakthrough in Jesus' name. Come on, who believes for a breakthrough here this morning? Come on, you can see it, you believe it. I'm going to invite the band to play, uh, the, um, to play the, the drum thing. We don't have the full set. I think it's in the, you know, the trailer that goes to Gardine. I love this little machine. What's it called again? Cajon. I'm just glad we've got a cajon. We don't have the rice egg. Has anybody ever seen that? It's like a plastic rice, a plastic egg that's full of rice. I've seen, it's really cool, but it's not as cool as that. Just saying. So let's, let's worship and let's believe for momentum to take place in this house. And I want to believe for momentum to take place in some of your lives as well. You know, some of you need a burst out, a breakthrough here this morning. And you're saying, God, what is my breakthrough? What is my burst out? What's, what's, what do you want to happen in my life? What is it? Well, I believe as we just stand and worship that we'll see that the Holy Spirit will speak to us. He'll minister to us. He'll say things to us. And we'll go, yes, God, this is good. For others, you might want to come and stand at the front. And some of us will pray for you and prophesy over you as well. Is that good?
Don't be shy. You just come out. We want to pray for some of you because I believe that God's in the business of breaking through and bringing momentum to people's lives in Jesus' name. Amen.